you got to look past the fact that, hey, that person might have only raised 100 to 200K of capital. And now that's a deal that they put their name on because they signed on the loan. Like, I'm not partnering up with that person necessarily my first go around because that type of person is not going to have the experience that I'm missing. This is the naked truth about real estate investing. Your host, Javier, has already been through all the brain damage of this business, so you don't have to go through it. That way, you're not exposed to all of the risk of losing your shirt or getting caught with your pants down. So let's dive into another no BS episode right now. Hello, everybody. This is Javier Hinojo, your host of The Naked Truth about real estate investing. And today I got Kyle Jones out of Houston, Texas. And he is a multifamily syndicator investor. And we're going to have a chat with him. Let's see what's on his mind. So Kyle, appreciate your time coming on the show. Uh, Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, Javier. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, man. Pleasure to be here. So, as you said, I'm I'm primarily a, a multifamily syndicator by by job. I'm also a, a husband and a father to three kids. Is my primary responsibility for sure. Um, I actually have a, a residential appraisal business uh, that I'm also an owner and a co-founder of as well. But it's not a vertically integrated business just yet. We don't really focus on on commercial appraisals, but really just. In, in a hyper growth mode on both sides of the businesses. And as it pertains to multifamily where, you know, we, we've been syndicating, raising private capital for about four years now. And we've gone full cycle on about four deals as well, where we uh, were able to execute um, uh, and exceed expectations on the business plan. And so, you know, that's primarily what we're doing right now. We're, we're just still continuing to try to buy anything that we can that makes sense so that uh, we can just position ourselves to eventually, if, if something happens down the line, that we can just kind of hang on to what we have and, and just ride it out. So not saying that there's something around the corner, but you know, that's just why we're, we're trying to capitalize on our momentum now. Yeah, for sure. Right. You always got to be uh, definitely ready to pivot, right? Absolutely. You got to be ready to pivot. So out of all that, what I got was I'm a husband and father of uh, three kids. That's like a full-time <laughs> job right there. Absolutely. And, and uh, I'm coaching both of my boys' baseball teams and my daughter uh, just finished her, her cheer competition. So, How old are the kids? <laughs> um, so 10, 7, and, and 5. Wow. Hey, I play baseball. I played uh, left and right bench. So it's a little, <laughs> you know, it's a little history yeah. about me. Yeah. I, no, I, play, no. I played a lot. So it's, that's, yeah. that's all I got to say. I was, I, was, uh, I was first string there. Anyways, <laughs> I was in the lineup. I was in the lineup. That's um, funny. Awesome. That's funny. So, uh, been syndicating, raising capital. I uh, gone through four cycles. Are you buying just in Texas, or what's your market like? What, what are you buying? Yeah, no, that's actually a good question. So, we are actually just now, uh, over the last twelve months, maybe twelve, eighteen months, we've just now been actually buying in Texas. It's not that we haven't been trying to buy in Texas. We just haven't really come across anything that, that made sense for us and, and how we structure our deals with our investors. So we've been buying in other markets, uh, primarily in the Southeast. We really like a, a lot of the Southeast markets and, and mainly tertiary markets. And, you know, all throughout Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, um, we've looked at stuff in Florida. We haven't been able to acquire anything in Florida. And then just over, like I said, over the last 12, 18 months, we've bought uh, three deals here in Houston. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, Houston's uh, it's a big city. Uh, my partner Moo, he lives in the Woodlands, and I went to visit him the first time, and I didn't realize I forgot. I'm from Texas. I'm, I'm from West Texas, El Paso, but I hadn't been to Houston in I don't know thirty years, and I forgot it had two airports. Oh yeah. So I landed in the one in the bottom, uh, the one south, and it still took me like an hour and twenty minutes to get to his house. I was so pissed. 
Yeah, so, yeah. So he's going up north. It, it, sometimes it, it's better to go ahead and pay, you know, the extra 50, 75 bucks on the airfare to be up north. So <laughs> yeah. So I, my mistake was I didn't realize there was two. I forgot actually there was two uh yeah. two airports. So that was uh, that was fun, right? People say uh, it takes an hour to get from Houston to Houston. Probably takes an exactly. hour and a half now. No, that's that's, that, that's the truth. Big. That's the truth. Hey, so what did you do before um, you started syndicating? Did, did you have your appraisal business? That was the main source of uh, business, or or did you anything? You do something else? No, actually, we um, my business partner and I in the appraisal business started that after I had already been syndicating. What I was doing before that was high tech sales. I worked uh, for IBM. I sold software for IBM for about nine years. Before that, I was at a company called Oracle, which is also big in the high tech space. And then Microsoft is another name that a lot of people probably know. But I've been in software sales majority of my my career. And it wasn't until later in through that process that I really got turned on to real estate in general, and then ultimately started just educating myself, and and that's led me to where I am today. Did you take any like uh, coaching programs? I know you you have you're part of a mastermind, but any kind of mm-hmm. coaching programs for multifamily? No, nothing formal. Um, I had just really consumed a lot of content through books, podcasts, TV shows, even, you know, just absorbing anything that I could to, to really understand real estate. And, and then I just had enough confidence to, to go out and, and start with a small single family home on my own, really just me and my wife that were trying it out. It was a flip property and we ended up flipping a few more properties, but that's what initially got me comfortable to, to start doing deals. And then that led me to, we bought a rental property that was outside of Houston. So I got comfortable with just re- really relying on a property manager in a different city to, to handle all of the work. And, you know, it just kind of kept growing from there. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah, there's a lot of content out there, right? YouTube, you got podcasts. Uh, I remember when I got started, I was, you know, I was hitting up YouTube, I was hitting up, you know, podcasts. There was just so much information, right? So, what is a Absolutely. good thing and what is a bad thing about soaking up all that information uh, on podcasts and YouTube? <laughs> what, what would you say? What's your opinion? Well, I I think the good thing is you get so much diversity. Um, you hear all kinds of stories, and there's just so many different ways that you can make money in real estate. From you know wholesaling all the way to developing multifamily and commercial buildings and anywhere in between, and that's also the bad part of it too, right? I mean, because a lot of times when we see all these, we we start, especially when we're when we're new. And frankly, I even get like this still sometimes where you're you're kind of chasing the shiny object, yeah. you know, and and you're not really focusing in on one thing, and that's part of the issue that that can actually create that what's that phrase analysis by paralysis you know yeah. you, you just get frozen because you know there's so many options and ultimately you just kind of got to pick and and like me and 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 you you know we both started out flipping houses and that's not even what we do anymore there is a progression to this if you want a path to do that but at the same time you don't it doesn't even have to be a logical progression it could be something where you're you're just partnering up with somebody. And that's actually how I started syndicating deals. I leveraged other people's experience who had already syndicated deals. They already knew how to raise money. They already knew how to talk to investors. They knew how to go through the the legal process with the SEC filings and all that. I had zero experience in that. All I had been doing was acquiring properties, owning them, managing them, handling the construction and things like that. So there's just, at some point, you just have to take action is is where I'm getting at. And so 
you know, if you have an idea that going into it of what you want to do, you know, go in eyes wide open because it may not be something that you actually want to try uh, in the first go round. But at the same time, don't get so blinded by all these other options that are there. And then in the same time, don't be so, I guess, scattered by chasing the, the shiny object with everything that's available. Yeah, for sure. The shiny object syndrome, right? It's, uh, yeah, I think uh, as entrepreneurs, it's kind of hard to kind of focus, you know, it's, it's super Absolutely. hard to focus sometimes. You say, oh, I like that. I like that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Hey, there's some people that can do it. Like I know myself, I can do, I need to focus on a couple of items. If I don't, then I just, I'll, I'll mess it up, you know? So Absolutely. I can't, I can't put too much on my plate. One thing you, d- you said that actually stood out to me, you know, you said you worked at IBM, you did like high tech sales, you know, so, you know, you had a, you had your career and, you know, you had you know, you were doing, I'm assuming you were doing well. Right. And one thing you said is like, Hey, I partnered up right with folks that in a way, like saying, Hey, I don't know it all. Right. You know, you, you can be doing great things on your own, but you don't know it all. And you said you partnered up with folks who are raised capital, who had deals under the belt. They had, um, you know, syndicated because that's what you wanted to do. So you can take that into any kind of business really. Right. If you want to start flipping houses, you can go partner with somebody and learn, right. You got to pay your dues at first, right. It's going to be, you pay your dues, but really much pretty much any, any kind of business you do, especially in real estate. That's not a, it's not a bad way to start. But with that said, what would you recommend somebody saying, Hey, I'm going to partner with somebody. Let's use uh, you know, multifamily, right? I'm going to syndicate with somebody. What are the things you would look for, right? Or what, what should you watch out for? Um, from a perspective of if I'm new into this, trying to yep. partner with somebody. Yep. Okay. So number one, I think you just got to kind of get along with the person, you know, you, that's critical. Uh, you got to like the person. Yeah. Uh, but they also have to have the experience that that you're missing that that's going to help you. So, you know, if they have raised money before, I would just make sure you really do their do your due diligence. It's so easy today to get on Facebook and see, oh, I closed, you know, a 500 unit property, blah, blah, blah. You got to look past the fact that, hey, that person might have only raised 100 to 200 K of capital. And now that's a deal that they put their name on because they signed on the loan. Like, I'm not partnering up with that person necessarily my first go round if because that type of person is not going to have the experience that I'm missing. Most people and I and I truly believe this, most people can go out and raise 100 to 200k without even marketing themselves, without even talking, they could they could they could you know, scramble and, and make that happen. So you really just have to know who you're talking to and go layers deep, you know, especially if you meet somebody in a, in a Facebook group or a coaching program or things like that, the internet has just made it so easy to get so comfortable so quickly. And that's a good thing. But like I said, we just got to go another layer deep and make sure that the person is truly somebody that is experienced, somebody that can handle it. Because I, I, I didn't run into an issue with that. I've just seen that based on what I know. You know, I've been to a lot of these real estate conferences. I've been to a lot of uh, just different different other groups and, and been a part of conversations or anything else. And you, and you can kind of know who's actually doing the deals or who's leading the charge anyways. But in my experience, it was just, you know, it, it, it worked to a point. It got me the experience that I was, uh, that I was missing. And that was, I had already d- done some smaller multifamily deals, done some fit, uh, fix and flips and stuff like that. But I, like I said, I hadn't raised money before. I hadn't taken on investor capital. I hadn't had those types of communications. So it was just learning that process. And, and I had to give up a lot of equity to do that too. But you know what? Those deals went are some of the deals that went full cycle that we sold off. And now as I have continued p- to progress, my equity share 
is significantly larger now in the deals that I'm doing with me and just one other partner than it was when there was a few of us in on, on one deal because we were kind of leveraging each other's experience. Yeah, that's super cool, right? So you said, hey, make sure you, they, you like the person you're going to work with and you vet them. Absolutely. Uh, make sure that both of you guys don't have the same experience and, and they're lacking in the same area, right? He's going to be like, oh, shoot, like how do we get this done? Absolutely. So that's definitely key. And uh, again, right, you got to pay your dues sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like if you start flipping, you might have to pay 12% in four points. I mean, if that's what it takes, the deal makes sense, do it. You know, it's a syndicator. If you got to give away most of your equity to come in and learn how see how the sausage is made. Hey, that's actually worth it. I mean, shoot, you can do it for free. Like, hey, I come work for free. Fucking just learn. I mean, this still make you millions right. of dollars in your in your lifetime, right? It'll be life changing. So, so that's, that's some great advice. Yeah. So I always ask this question, um, like, what's your, you know, kind of going a little bit of like, hey, make sure you get the right partner. But mm-hmm. what would you say was been the biggest mistake you made, either like in business or, or real estate, and how, how could you uh, avoid it? You know, I think early on we we realized that. Um, we probably should have done a little bit more due diligence on one of the properties that we bought early on that was, uh, w- w- when we bought it, we figured out really quickly that it was like about half the tenants. And this was a small, it was like 50, 56 units, about half the units were, well, it wasn't that much, but a good portion and maybe 30% of the units were just flat out not paying rent. And we got the bank statements uh, as part of the due diligence process, but I guess you know, somewhere in the mix, it just didn't get properly vetted. And thankfully, that was still a really good buy. We bought it at a really good price. And that's ultimately kind of what what saved us. But we were also able to get uh, a property manager in there that knew how to turn units really quickly. And we got it leased up. So, you know, we knew we had the confidence that, hey, this isn't this is going to work out long term. But initially, it was kind of scary. It was like, oh, man, what did we miss? Like, is this going to continue to happen? I mean, because as you know, as soon as we closed on that property and those residents found out that there was a new owner in town, they just left because they knew that they weren't paying rent. So so we had, you know, 30% vacancy. And then we all, uh, they continued to, or a few more tenants continued to move out. So we ended up at like at one point during the first three, four months, we were at 50% occupied. And here we were, we were kind of selling this as to our investors as a stabilized yeah, deal stabilized. and with, with a light value add. And then it ended up turning into a more heavy value add uh, just based on where vacancy was. So, but that, that all worked out for us. And that's actually one of the deals that we ended up going full cycle on. All our investors made, made back um, all of their money and then some, so made a nice return on top of it too. So, but it was definitely a learning experience to, hey, slow down. Sometimes you, and I'm learning this now because we're doing a ground up construction deal where you just sometimes really have to slow down to go fast. So slow down in the beginning, but then as soon as you you get the momentum and get the wind behind your back, take advantage of that to be able to move quickly. Yeah. For, yeah. It's awesome. That's great advice. Um, you know, do the due diligence. You know, if it slipped through the cracks, the great thing is uh, how can you avoid it? Right. You see one of the key words was you got a great price. Yeah, so yeah. everybody out there didn't hear that like i heard that like boom like right you know if you're like barely making it like you, you gotta like if the wind w- blows from the north to the south and the groundhog comes up and it all in the magic the stars align we're gonna make money right no you you just got a good price right so when you bought it you're like oh shoot you were surprised there's high delinquency you're like dang but it made up for it on the price right so absolutely that's super cool um absolutely price. well and that's especially 
because that was a different market than it is now like where pricing is it's so compressed in just about every market because multifamily is 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 a tried and tested asset class it's pandemic tested so there's even more attention in 2021 than there was even pre-COVID. So there's just so much more competition, so much more capital on the street. So we we really got to do even more due diligence on the front end and really take it seriously. So awesome. Well, I'm going to ask you a question, which you didn't put in your bio. Like, so how many units have you guys got together? I mean, what have you done in the multifamily? I know you're a humble guy, but listen. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've got um, about 1,200 units under management right now. Uh, we've got another 230 that's currently being constructed. So it's in the construction phase, uh, total of ground up. So that'll take us to, you know, 1400 plus. Uh, and then we've got another 23 acres under contract right now that we're working on that we're going to build uh, 300 units on. Um, and then a couple more in the pipeline, we should be closing in the next week. So super cool. That, so they get you like what, 150 million, 100 million. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's about 150 million yeah. is, is kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Super cool, man. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah, Four you. years, guys. Four years. It just can change your life, right? You just go the right directions, find the right people, find the right partners and have the right attitude. Four years. Yeah. Man, I appreciate absolutely. it, Kyle. So today we covered um, how you started flipping a few houses on your own, about some small multifamily. And then you, you pretty much quit your job. You, you had a job at IBM and you started, you partnered with somebody to help you so you can learn the process and how to do syndicate syndications. And now you're got 1200 units and you got some new construction going on. And that is, that is awesome. And you also said, make sure you do your due diligence and buy right. So, you know, you don't, you don't lose your shirt or get caught with your pants down. Absolutely. Well, I said that. But no, I said that. <laughs> hey, so I this, brings time, us, yeah. this brings you to the, the next part of the show, which is the, the Naked Truth Roulette. And then I'm going to ask you four random questions so everybody gets the chance to know Kyle Jones in person. His, uh, let's find out. Let's find out if he's not a robot. <laughs> All right, there we go. So first question, the Naked Truth Roulette. Let's roll. Let's do it. All right. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Man, I would just say Jesus loves you. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he's here to, to, to draw you near and, and, and change your life and change your family's life. Awesome. 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 That's good. It didn't take you very long. You still would have another no. 20 seconds to spare. So. <laughs> Answer questions that. after that. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Next question. All right. What is the most embarrassing thing you've ever worn? Oh man. It's what's so funny is uh, like, this has been coming up in conversation uh, with my kids. Cause my mom is showing them all these pictures of oh, me as yeah. a kid, but I, well, so I'm a big baseball guy. There's, there's actually two, two things that I used to wear as a kid. The first is I used to wear my, my baseball pants to school like every day. And I didn't think anything was wrong with it at all. And looking back on it now, I thought it was pretty cool, but uh, my kids give me a hard time. So I'd wear my baseball pants and just wear like my t-shirt and shoes and normal stuff. I wouldn't wear any other part of my uniform, just my baseball pants. Hey, um, you, you're, you're ahead of the time. Everybody's wearing yeah. spandex now in a store, right? You go to the mall, <laughs> go to the grocery store, everybody wearing spandex. Yeah, right? I know. I was, I, I, yeah, I was wearing the, the tight pants for sure. And then the other thing that I would wear is I'd actually wear like when it would get colder, you know, the baseball pants would, you know, they have their little, you know, they're not as dense the material. So it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of the wind pretty can thin. blow through there pretty quickly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'd wear these sweatpants 
and I would wear, I would tuck my sweatshirt into my underwear, my underwear, because so it would stay tucked. And then I'd also wear cowboy boots with that. Wow. So I, I was really cool as a kid. Oh man, that's awesome. Really sounds cool. like a, that sounds like a trend. I don't know why it happened. Didn't, didn't get picked up. <laughs> yeah. Got to check on that. Yeah. I, I think uh, thankfully I grew out of that before I hit, uh, you know, junior high and high school. When oh, yeah. kids got really That, that would have been rough. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah. All right. Question number three. All right. Uh, if you could pick another time to live in, the future or the past, well, when would that be? Oh, man, I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about all the, the technology that's coming into the world and, and that we're going to be using uh, just in every part of our lives, the wearable technology for sure, to just, you know, things like um, just different types of sensors. You know, I have a big, I'm a, I have a whoop band that tracks your, your sleep and your activity and just all that kind of a, a advanced technology that I'm excited about in the future. So I would definitely be thinking more into the future on that one. Super cool. Yeah. Well, IT sales or I mean, uh, technology yeah. sales for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Last question. Last question. All right. All right. So a hero or a villain for a day? Always a hero. Awesome. Always a hero. That didn't yeah. take long to. Didn't no. take long. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Hey, you survived the uh, Naked Truth Roulette, Kyle. Yeah, no, I was nervous. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Hey, well, I appreciate appreciate uh, great sport. I appreciate uh, answering the questions and uh, sharing your knowledge and, and sharing your time, which is uh, the most important, right? That's one thing you don't get back, and I truly appreciate that. Um, how can somebody get a hold of you? You got a Facebook or some social media, or if anybody needs to want to get a hold of you. Yeah, I'm definitely on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm pretty easily accessible. They can also email me directly and I'm, I'm available too. So it's kjones at truepointcap.com, kjones at truepointcap.com. That goes directly to me and happy to set up a time to chat even if, if they've got some questions or want to talk more. For sure. And I'll make sure those is uh, will be on the show notes. I appreciate it again for being here. Your host, I'm your host, Javier Hinojo with The Naked Truth. Don't lose your shirt. Time consuming. It can be very scary. It could be like a, trying to get somewhere without a roadmap. So that's why I created this due diligence list when I buy a property. When I buy an apartment building, or even a mobile home park, you can use it for mostly pretty much any commercial property. But this one specifically is for a multifamily. It could be a six unit. It could be a 600 unit. You can use it for what you like. So go ahead and sign up. Put your name, email. I'll send you the free link to my due diligence. This is what I've used to buy hundreds and hundreds of units, if not thousands of units. So sign up, you get my link, uh, you get an Excel sheet as well. And also we use the software, project management software, monday.com. Feel free to sign up for a free trial. I do have an affiliate link. You don't pay any extra. They just pay me a small fee. Don't have to use it. You have the Excel spreadsheet, but if you use monday.com, it's actually a lot better, a lot smoother, a lot prettier, and you can do a whole bunch of other stuff. There's even a video there I created in the link. So check the link, sign up, and this is my giveaway for you guys. Thank you so much. Take care. This has been The Naked Truth. Our mission is to give it to you raw. If you got value from this episode, you're invited to leave an honest written review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.